Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Arizona Ice Tea, the taller yeah, the can, yeah. the, closer the closer to, to God. God. Fuck yeah, baby. Arizona Ice Tea's back. I wish we could <laughs> say we were sponsored, but we're not. We're not. It's just delicious. Yeah. <laughs> this is... An episode filled with horrible high school decisions made by myself and delicious high school decisions made by both of us. Correct. And uh, and then a plethora of very weird decisions and happenings that happened to one, Joseph Smith Jr. Bow, bow, bow. Mo's at- in the house. <laughs> Listen, Paige, this is our first episode on Mormonism, and I yep. gotta say, I'm looking forward to more, man. <laughs> I okay. Die. I mean, we're gonna yeah. do more. We're gonna do <laughs> yeah. more of that. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, that like, was never I already kind of planned. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man. Anyway, so uh, this is a great episode, and we'll explain sort of the way that we are uh, tackling the Mormons and the way that we're doing these series as soon as we get into the show. But before that, uh, we've got a couple announcements. First of all, hey, look, you want to support the show? Go to Patreon.com/slash Cult Podcast, baby. Secondly, um, you want to see the show. <laughs> I don't know why I said it so creepy. Yeah. You show me. I'll show you my show if you show me your show. No, no I take no, it back. No. Oh, yeah. no. It's fucking, it's gross. No, you okay, don't deserve look. this Arizona iced tea. <laughs> no way. I need the floral print in my belly. Um, Look, not creepy. If you want to see us perform live, we are going to be both doing a live cult podcast panel, and Paige and I will both be in an RTX stand-up comedy show on July 1st at RTX in Austin, Texas, baby! Baby! It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be probably different from the way that we've done live shows in the past, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you know anybody that's into true crime in general, fucking bring them on down. I'm sure they're going to love it too. More the merrier. Absolutely. Uh, More information is available in the show notes, and then you can check out our social media, at Cold Podcast on Instagram and at Cold Podcast Show on Twitter for more info on that as well. And um, yeah, I think without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. Hello. Iced tea. I was off pitch. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Mormons <laughs> coming to your door. They're climbing in your windows. They're snatching your people up. <laughs> oh, no. Trying to convert them. So you need to hide your kids, hide your wives, plural. <laughs> Oh, they Utah and everybody out here. 
So this is part one of a multi-part series and a, a little background as to why I'm doing it this way. Um, as you know, we've covered a couple Mormon offshoot groups up till now, just a few. Mm-hmm. And every streaming service is in a race to get the craziest Mormon documentary or miniseries. So it's popular right now. Uh, We kind of knew it would be because we knew stuff was coming out. But the more I thought about like, how do you tackle Mormonism? Because it is a monolith. It is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tackle Mormonism because there's about uh, roughly 14 Mormons per every non-Mormon. Um Right. And they're on bikes. They're hard to catch. Yeah. They're really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so fast. Um, yeah. So I and, uh, you know, what we really want to get to are like the Warren Jeffs of the world, like the FLDS. Like that's the stuff you really want to cover. But the more I dug into those groups, uh, the more I realized that there are things that you just don't understand about those groups if you don't have a baseline knowledge of why they exist and what happened and how they got there. You just don't get Mormonism, Mom and Dad. It's not a phase. It's not a phase. You don't get it. I'm never going to drink alcohol or caffeine. My magic underwear will protect me. I bought the first Book of Mormon, but like their later stuff, like... I guess fine if you want to be a bandwagon Mormon. Um, <laughs> oh, you're into Mormonism? Name five of my wives. <laughs> Name- <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Name five prophets because there's so many fucking prophets. Um, where I, so I watched um, Under the Banner of Heaven, obviously, and then I watched Keep Sweet as well mm-hmm. this week uh, as I was putting together this and the next like three or four episodes. And I kept running into like they're referencing some of these background stories. And I'm just like, I don't know these. Like, I don't like I'm trying to understand how, you know, what is the basis of belief for someone to then end up in a group like this? Like, what's the baseline level that allows people to say, like, well, if that, then this. Mm -hmm. And so the more I kind of thought about it. And I talked with you about this about a month ago, probably Uh, the more I was like, I think we have to just start in chunks and do like the life of Joseph Smith and then like take a break, do a couple other things and then do the life of Brigham Young and then take a break, do a couple other things and then go into some of the FLDS offshoots and a few other things. Um, So that's why we're starting with the life of Joseph Smith. So. Yeah, That's which wild. is which is good, and I was also able to do my own research uh, for this series. I watched a single episode of South Park where they mentioned <laughs> Joseph Smith was called a prophet. Dum 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 dum. I do remember that episode. I remember when it first came out. I I watched it in college. It was very. I thought it was very fun. There's such a great running gag. In, in that, and we're not going to get to most of the events of that episode. We're concentrating on Joseph's childhood today. Absolutely. Uh, but one of my favorite parts of that episode is that they've done this like dum, 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 dum thing through the entire episode. And you think it's just like a musical refrain. And then they get to one woman who's like, 
I don't know. Did anyone else see these plates? Like, how do we know this is true? And they're just like, smart, 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 smart. And it cracks me up every time. Um, here's uh, a, a little bit of a disclaimer today. So the more I dug into the life of Joseph Smith, there are limited sources. We'll go through the sources now. But the reason that they're limited is because like 90% of writings about the life of Joseph Smith are from the church. And unfortunately, spoiler alert, not always accurate. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, they sugarcoat stuff a, a lot. It's kind of like trying to learn about the life of L. Ron Hubbard from Scientologists, where... <laughs> They're like, no, actually, he wasn't in Thelema. He was trying to convert them. And you're like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, yeah, convert it, them with his dick. Like, whatever. <laughs> Anytime the information about a leader comes directly from the cult itself, you can't ever, like, take it. You can't ever really take it as, like, a true source because it's always like, and that's when Charles Manson did a sick kickflip, dude. <laughs> right, exactly. Which, um, actually, now that I think about it, I feel like Charles Manson might be the only cult leader who could land a sick kickflip, dude. Potentially. Uh, now, I'll kind of go through, as I go through our sources, I'll explain kind of what's what. But we do have uh, one source in particular that is backed by a lot of evidence and extant documents from the time. Um, it's a very famous book. If you've ever heard somebody who's not Mormon talk about the life of Joseph Smith, it's probably based on that book, to be honest with you, because it's one of the few where you're like, okay, they're saying this because there's a record of X. Um, the reason I'm saying all of this right now, I know we have a number of Mormon and Exmo listeners. Great. Happy you're here. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to say things that are different than what you learned in Sunday school. I understand that this is going to happen. Uh, all I ask is that you please give me the benefit of the doubt of Googling around a bit before emailing me about it. Because unfortunately, the more I read into things, the more I found that the LDS has one version of events and history has another. So your Sunday school version may not be history. Hey, look, all we're trying to say here, this ain't your fucking Ma's story about Joseph Smith, all right? <laughs> this ain't your fucking daddy's story about the founder of Mormonism, all right? Yeah, and, and I also realize that for a lot of, of current Mormons, you're probably just like, no, we know. We know he was nuts. <laughs> like, we know it was crazy. Yeah. We know that it's bonkers. Uh, it, it really has a lot less bearing on our, the religion that we believe in ascribed to now. But in order to get to other stuff, we got to cover it. Got to cover it. Got to go through it. So uh, let's get into these sources. You ready? Yeah. So our first source, and arguably our main one, is No Man Knows My History by Fawn Brody. So it was written a number of years ago based on a ton of research that Fawn did while also being a mother of two and, like, working full time. Mm. <laughs> like, it is a Herculean feat. Um, there is also... Hold on. Now, is this one of those things where it's, like... No man knows my history, but these women do. You know what I'm saying? And then they um, high five a whole bunch. <laughs> I believe it's actually more a reference to the parts of the history that have been kind of 
I'll call them God washed, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh to make someone sound a little holier than they were. Mm -hmm. Um, Conversely, uh, we also have Rough Stone Rolling by Richard Bushman. Um, Now, on the flip side, not as much research. Uh, Usually I use it to try and compare events and see who says what about what, because Richard Bushman is Mormon. Um, There's also a biography uh, from the American National Biography Association on Joseph Smith, uh, there's also The Life of Joseph Smith, written by Joseph Smith himself. Okay. Uh, again, grain of salt. Incredible. Uh, very. <laughs> mm. uh, there is also The Life of Joseph Smith, written by his mother. Uh, his, his mother does a series of writings. Uh, Lucy is her name. And she has written a few things. That becomes very useful when Lucy's talking about joseph smith's father which we'll get into a little bit in this episode and what happened when joseph was a child um before a lot of uh the religious aspects come into it um we also have cunning folk and conjurers folk magic in colonial virginia by lives and legacies.com and then we also have the history and cultivation of ginseng from the Penn State Extension Library. The gin, ginseng, like the like the thing that go into Arizona iced tea. Yes. What? Okay. Damn. All right. I didn't know the ninety nine cent cans were gonna come into play, but I'm Honestly, I'm fucking with it. It's gonna be weirdly important. Like it, it is a <laughs> defining moment. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Paige, you don't have to tell me. Arizona iced tea is a defining moment of my entire childhood. Okay, honestly, bud? I fucking love. I still fucks with Arizona iced tea. That shit's delicious. Absolutely, Arizona iced tea is the great equalizer because it doesn't matter who you are. You fucking crack one of those open, you take a sip, and you're like, "Damn fool, I need some hot Cheetos right now and a stick oh. of gum, baby." Oh, that actually. If I could get like a California burrito with hot Cheetos in it Ooh. and Arizona iced tea, that sounds fucking delicious right now. Ooh, baby. Yeah. There's something about a cracking open an Arizona iced tea that makes me just want to ask somebody if I could borrow a pencil again. <laughs> I just remember. So there's Arizona iced tea, but then there's also a company called Peace Tea that yeah. does like the same tall cans. And I walked into work with one one morning and a girl that I worked with was like, four logo in the morning, pop off. And I was like, no, it's... <laughs> It's icy, but now I um, wonder what you think of me. Uh, Susan, one, no, two, I think HR would like to have a word with you. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you weren't like, are you okay? And instead you were like, pop off. It's going to be a good day. Like It's just madness. <laughs> That's uh, that's awful. When I was a kid, by the way, there. This is one of my favorite <laughs> stupid things that happened. It's like a thing that kids do. When I was in high school, they came out with uh, Marley tea, like Bob, one of Bob Marley's family members, like officially licensed it, and they started making teas. And I'll say this: it did taste good. All right. Is this like Shack Soda? no slightly here's the thing it is like shack soda if shack soda promised to make you taller because wait what (laughs) marley (laughs) tea marley tea was some sort of like it i can't remember exactly what was what was up with it but it was like essentially 
a cold tea drink made from like sleepy time tea or it had like small trace amounts of like melatonin in it and so what would happen is you would drink marley tea and then you would get vaguely tired but because it had like marley on the bottle you were like whoa it's like it's making me high dude and we're just a bunch of high schoolers that are essentially fucking microdosing melatonin and being like we're so fucking cool dude i'm so tired right now this is lit bro um bro a 2012 article from the san jose mercury news oh no uh, <laughs> says that the Bob Marley and <laughs> anti-energy drinks were a natural relaxation tea and soda and they were said to in- include ingredients such as valerian root lemon balm passion flower etc uh, but it got a bunch of kids sick and that's why it's not around anymore <laughs> we were fucking poisoning we, they re-released they re-released and uh, Walmart sells Marley's Mellow Mood yeah uh but- check availability nearby where not available <laughs> not available it's not available like anywhere in california if you can get marley's mellow mood first of Peach, all maybe raspberry, don't drink it. black tea oh that sounds so fucking good it's really good the thing is is like i said it makes you tired and so as it a kid nowhere as a kid because it has rasta colors on it you're like oh it's like being high but really you're just sleepy and we just didn't understand any of it <laughs> And it's just one of those dumb fucking things that you do as a kid. And it's, I'm not surprised that I, I was a big fan of something that got canceled. This is last story I'll tell before we get into it. But when I was like <laughs> 19 years old, I used to smoke a, a brand of cigarettes called Camel Bold. And I would smoke them. Camel Bold, the black and blue box? No, 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 no. That's Camel Crush. Camel oh, Bold shit, was right. like red. It was, it looked <laughs> evil. It was like the fucking, we put the devil in your cigarettes and you're going to like it. And uh, oh, I would smoke about a pack of Camel Bolds a week. I was, it wasn't a big smoker, but still, all smoking is bad. And um, <clears throat> I smoked camel bolts for so long and then one day i went into the liquor store to buy a pack and i go let me get a pack of camel bolts and the guy goes oh you didn't hear those got discontinued <laughs> apparently they were really bad for you and it's like dude the normal ones give you cancer what were they doing to my lungs just, buddy just pure fiberglass <laughs> <laughs> and you know those things you know those like truth ads where they're like here are all the things that are in cigarettes and it's like cat piss fiberglass <laughs> yeah. Yours is just exclusively cat piss. It's just all, yeah. <laughs> it's cat piss, and it's not even fiberglass. It's actual glass. We put shards of sharp little glass in your lungs for you. Here's how bad it has to be. Like, we know that Diet Coke could, like, dissolve screws, and we're mm-hmm. still just like, yeah, give me, like, four of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to go drink a fucking Marley Mood, which is going to kill my immune system. I'm going to smoke Camel Bold, which is apparently worse for you than the thing that already is known to kill every person. And then I'm going to eat a cheeseburger from McDonald's that can't be, that doesn't ever rot after never decays. decades. And then drink Diet Coke, which is essentially, apparently, just slow form citric acid, or not citric acid, sulfuric acid. Anyway, the things you know that we do for pleasure 
intestines of steel. <laughs> or someday in my autopsy, they're going to cut me open and it's just going to be like a flood of Diet Coke all over the morgue. <laughs> intestines of steel, lungs of fiberglass. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Let's go, pop off. Four loco in the morning, pop off, bitch, pop off. <laughs> You like, crazy you page. buy a four loco in the morning. What's wrong? You crazy, crazy page. for this? I, one. Usually, I usually take like a tenth of that. You know, I'm like a one loco kind of gal. Pop off. <laughs> oh, I'm a half loco before noon. <laughs> anyway, you ever try pollo? You ever try pollo four loco? That's when you get KFC and pop a four loco. Pop off. Oh, sad pollo. <sighs> All right. You ready to talk about this fucking old guy? Absolutely. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right. Joseph Smith was born December 23rd, 1805. So you know his birthday sucked. He's oh, on yeah. that Christmas birthday energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two days before Christmas and also in the 1800s, both of which were terrible things to have happen to a child. Bad for everyone. Uh, he was born in a place called Sharon, Vermont. And if it's not pronounced Sharon, I don't care. I'm going to say Sharon. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> There's a fucking angry Mormon right now. Actually, <laughs> it's pronounced Sharon. Yeah, it's stupid. Sharon. Sharon, Vermont. <laughs> the S is silent. It's Heron, Vermont. <laughs> it's actually Shay Aaron. <laughs> Shay Aaron, Vermont. Uh, to Joseph and Lucy Mac Smith. So he's actually Joseph Smith Jr. when he's born. And he was the fifth out of 11 children. Again, that's too many fucking children. Like, Oof. I don't know how many times I have to start an episode or a story of a cult leader with they had too many fucking kids and lived in the Northeast at this specific time in history. Yeah. Just fucking pull out. Fuck. Like, damn. I don't. How many times? This is like every time we're like, it was the 1800s and also they were not properly cared for because there were too many of them. Hold on. How many, how many kids did the Brady Bunch have? six but okay. that's a blended family okay yeah here's the thing it's a show about like wouldn't it be wild if a family had six children total that's like crazy all right the premise of the show is like this is too many kids oh my god we have too many fucking children you have 11 children that's not even that's too many actors for a good show much less a family all right bud I want you to think about what happens in the future where it would like the Brady Bunch would be six wives and they each have 11 children. <laughs> They're showing the like family. Like, so in Keep Sweet, they show like the family trees and you have people who are like, technically, that's my sister. I've never met her. Like, th this is my cut. I married my cousin. We didn't grow up. To I've never met him. He's four wives away. Oh, There's no. we share almost no blood, but like we are technically cousins. It is wild wild and upsetting yeah they are outbreeding all of us i got a brady hunch this ain't gonna end well for the mormons um well i mean they're still around so yeah, that you know what i take it back that is true <laughs> i got a brady hunch this isn't gonna end well for women yeah yeah fuck that's a pretty safe bet so 
Joseph Smith's family were farmers, uh, but they were mediocre at it. They were mediocre at it at best. <laughs> um, what? What did yeah, they, they farm? Were, well, we'll get into it. Uh, most people around them at the time uh, would describe them as middling farmers. Okay. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, even that was about to go away because Joseph Smith Sr. had looked around his farm and was like, I might not be great at this. I'm going to have to find other avenues of financial support. And so he decided that he was going to basically strategically farm and then import and export specific crops. Um, Because remember, a lot of goods and services in America and Europe are crossing the sea to Mm -hmm. each other. Um, America has a lot of stuff that Europe doesn't have. Europe and Asia have a lot of stuff that America doesn't have. So there's still a lot of trade going on to this day even. But specifically, Joseph Smith Sr. was speculating in importing ginseng. Why ginseng? (laughs) Because he needed that Arizona iced tea. (laughs) Now listen up. If you send me and my family ginseng, I will send you 12 carts of Camel Bolt. Now, you might be asking yourself, <laughs> didn't they discontinue these? Yes, but I am going to use your ginseng to, to make Marley's Mellow Mood. So it all evens out, baby. It all evens out. And you know what they say, the taller the can, the closer to God. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm 99 cents from heaven, baby. Let's go. Merch, <laughs> terrible merch idea. Do they make koozies for tall cans? <laughs> One that just says the taller the can, the closer to God at the cult podcast on the back. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. So uh, why ginseng? Well, if you remember from some of our other discussions of groups at this time, you'll know that this time in history is full of of tonics and tinctures and cure-alls that are often total bullshit, but sometimes slightly less bullshit. Either way, a lot of the supplements we use today originate in this time, and ginseng is no different. It had actually been popular as a crop in America for about 100 years at this point. So it's not new, but there's a limit to how much they can grow and sell in America. They were kind of oversaturating the market. Um, The ginseng crops started in around 1700, and a lot of fortunes were kind of already made by this point in basically harvesting and growing wild ginseng. Specifically, uh, Daniel Boone allegedly made a bunch of his fortune from ginseng. It's it's a thing. But like any popular crop or stock or whatever, everyone wants to do it. So Joseph Smith's father, Joseph Smith Sr., had heard that crystallized ginseng different from what they were selling in America, was extremely valuable overseas, specifically in China. So he began harvesting and crystallizing ginseng to specifically sell to China. And he accumulated a large amount and contracted with a merchant named Stevens to try and export it. Stevens, uh, knowing the risk involved in exporting such a large crop and that he would then have to sell it overseas, lowballs them on the price. He offers him less than two-thirds of what that crop is worth 
to basically purchase the entire crop and then take care of the sale. Well, Joseph Smith's father, much like every person on Pawn Stars, was like, I think I can do better on eBay. And so <laughs> he does not contract with Stevens. And instead, he decides he's going to ship it himself. So he finds a captain of a ship. He literally who, went to the eBay, like the English Bay. Yes, the English Bay. And he found a captain who was going to China and he made a deal with him so that that captain could transport and sell all of the ginseng and then send the profits back. And so they did. They transported the ginseng to China. They sold it and then just kept all the money because yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? Come come at me, hoes. What you going to do? What? What? Bad farmer. You're going to yeah, come what are you gonna fuck f- with me? Fucking leave a review. You idiot. You dumb piece of shit. It's Why old times. There's no consequences. Yeah. I'm gonna What's s- wrong with you? I'm going to sail to the fake state of Delaware and tell everyone my name is Ethan or some shit. You idiot. No one's going to find me. Yeah. So now not only does he not have the low ball number that the guy originally offered him, he has no money and no ginseng. And it literally bankrupts them. They have to sell the family farm. And it's so bad that even like the money from selling the farm just barely paid their debts. They have no money. So they end up going from being independent farm workers to renters who would pay for their housing as day laborers. So they essentially become almost indentured servants to a degree where they're they're not in in any indentured contract but they are usually living on a property and working to basically justify them living on that property so over the next decade they move seven times to follow work opportunities and it's for the entire family working got 11 kids that's a workforce essentially in this time Now, during one of those moves in the years 1812 to 1813, they had the misfortune of living in Lebanon, New Hampshire. I have been told that people call it Lebanon. I reject that. Lebanon, New Hampshire. You spelled it Lebanon. Yeah, this... (laughs) This is a longstanding cult podcast debate where if you... Name your town after a different place that already exists in a different language. You gotta pronounce it in that language. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, in Lebanon, New Hampshire, during 1812 to 1813, there was an outbreak of typhoid fever. Uh, typhoid fever is often basically transferred through close living quarters um, not washing hands, uh, you know, shit they did during the old times all the time. Mm, I thought it was from kissing that girl, Mary, that just moved to town. Yeah. Well, Mary just keeps touching everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she won't wash her hands. Like a um, dirty ass Mary. <laughs> like half of the Smith family got sick. Um, and most of them recovered eventually. But unfortunately, one of the the quirks of typhoid fever is that the infection can spread to your bones specifically yeah what <laughs> it's pretty terrible um so specifically for joseph the infection had spread to one of his shin bones 
And so his mom started taking him to doctors. And almost every single doctor at the time was just like, cut the fucking leg off. Like, cut the whole leg. What? Her leg's got to go. Damn. Also, I'm your dentist and your barber. Uh, <laughs> cut the leg. <laughs> and your cocaine dealer. And your cocaine dealer. Um, they all wanted to take the whole leg. And to be honest, as far as their surgical knowledge went at the time, that was all they kind of knew how to do. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until she found one doctor who was willing to do an experimental procedure that had pretty much never really been done before, or at least wasn't widely practiced, where he would remove only a part of the bone that was infected. But that meant that they would have to do open leg surgery, remove those parts of the bone, and then stitch it back up, and then Joseph would have a very long recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're wondering, Joseph is about eight years old at the time there's no anesthesia oh oh yeah i forgot it those times you walked in and they were like all right crack open a four loco pop off yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go let's get I that leg you. off put some ginseng in it the taller they can the closer <laughs> to god let's do it uh there's no anesthesia but he survives and recovers although he is bed bound for a long time he can't work with the rest of the family he's weak because he's having to kind of walk around on crutches for many years and so this kind of takes him out of the farm work circuit he's left inside to read and um he's left inside specifically to read the few books they still had from his grandparents which we will get to in just a second Uh, He also would have a slight limp for the rest of his life, even after he recovers from the crutches. But it does save his leg. So that doctor was right. It's just that this time in history is a horrible time to be alive. Yeah, I can't even because, okay, open leg surgery off the bat sounds awful. And add to that the fact that they don't have any uh, anesthesia at all, right? I mean, they got a belt and some whiskey. That's your best bet. That's even fucking worse. But, like, all of that ignored, which, again, is a lot to ignore because it all sucks. At the time, the capabilities for removing part of a bone, I don't even want to know what that feels like. Where they're just, like, fucking chipping away at it. With like they're, a they're probably sawing and drilling. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, Jesus Christ! See, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I can't like, ugh, I can't even think about removing part of a bone without wincing. Jesus. Yeah, and and I would guess that the pain is so bad that you pass out, and and then once you're passed out, go nuts. Yeah, I would, um, I would, I would weirdly hope that that would be the case. Right. Yeah. Um, now the following year, uh, they moved back to Vermont. They had managed to kind of contract with another farm, uh, so that they could have their own farm again, but their crops failed three years in a row. Um, and again, this whole time Joseph is on crutches. He's basically the one kid who can't work in the fields. Um, now specifically one of these years was 1816. And something I didn't know that I found out while I was reading through all of this is that 1816 is actually known as the year without a summer. Um, Why? Uh, Because severe climate abnormalities caused the entire world to decrease its temperature by a full degree. 
Oh. And it was, yeah, and it resulted in major food shortages worldwide. So, like, all over the world, crops failed. Um, Now, they've done a lot of studies into, like, why this was and what happened. And they believe it's actually a volcanic winter after the eruption of Mount Tambora in what is now modern-day Indonesia that basically caused all temperatures to decrease by a full degree and it just killed crops like crops just could not thrive because it wasn't warm enough so if you're ever like a single degree and if you're ever like well and remember that's on average which means in some places it was many many degrees less and in others it was uh, was less but (laughs) yeah if you're ever listening to people and they're like yeah it could raise earth's temperature on average by a degree and you're just like doesn't sound so bad clearly it is <laughs> like yeah. that's on average that's that's enough to real really fuck some shit up so the, the on average thing is what fucked me up because for a second my dumb brain just went the whole world was one degree colder and it's just like what kind of fucking whack-ass tomato plants are just like no it's too cold i'm not going outside honestly as someone who has like struggled to grow two years of tomatoes they would they would <laughs> It's just because I don't get enough sunlight uh, uh, on, on my patio. Have you considered knitting a sweater for the tomato plant? It's it's not so much the warmth because it gets fucking hot. Uh, it's it's that like you there's not enough direct sunlight. But then even when there is direct sunlight, you got to be careful because like it's so hot and dry here that more than once it just like scorched the plants one time. And I was like, fucking what do you want? What do you want from me, tomatoes? Anyway, so his family, after three years of failed crops, moves again. This time, they moved to western New York in 1817, known as the Burned Over District, which we have talked about, like, how many times? Constantly. Yeah. Every time. And every time, it's just like, I I know why it's called that, but it's I don't want to tell people I lived in the Burned Over District. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's smack dab in the middle of the revival circuit during the Second Great Awakening, and Joseph is 12 at this time. And I've actually, I think we have to at some point, and maybe this will be one of the ones that we do in between some of the larger Mormon like series that we're doing, uh, to do episodes on the First and Second Great Awakening. To just be like, here's what happened. Here's all the crazy preachers. <laughs> here's what they believed. Here's what these people were just walking into tents and hearing about like this is how because so many so many cults get their start in both the first and second great awakening and then the jesus movement of the 60s like it is infectious in a way that i don't think anyone at the time could have predicted yeah it's like typhoid of the soul a little bit and it could get into your bones (laughs) it cut the holy bone right here baby I mean, like, you know, you ever see preachers just, like, put out a hand and people fall over? It's oh, just because yeah. they, they, their bones got holy ghosted. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I thought it was because they had the force. They get them in the shins. Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> here's the thing about Joseph Smith's family living in the Burned Over District. They weren't exactly Christians. Uh, at least, they didn't really associate themselves with any of the Christian denominations at the time. Uh, Rather, Joseph's grandparents, 
uh, specifically his grandfather, uh, Asael, on his father's side, believed largely in folk magic with a hefty helping of visions and prophecies. Uh, And if that's not enough for you, on his mother's side, just a few years before they moved, uh, in 1811, Joseph Smith's maternal grandfather, a man named Solomon Mack, self-published a book describing a series of visions and voices he had that he says led to his conversion to Christianity at the age of 76. Again, not a specific denomination, but a version that he kind of came up with based on the voices he was hearing. So on one hand, you've got folk magic, and on the other hand, you've got visions and prophecies. And this is the soup that Joseph Smith is growing up in. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but folk magic is a lot like normal magic, but it's just acoustic guitars and banjos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the stomp clap hay of the magic world. <laughs> okay, nice. Uh, we're going to get into some folk magic. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't remember our episode on witchcraft, I do recommend reviewing it. Uh, but all you really need to know is that by this time in history, the Salem witch trials are long over. And in many parts of Europe at this time, it's illegal to try people as witches, although that didn't stop people from trying to do it in smaller cities because misogyny. Uh, but in America, it took a little longer. However, at this point in history, witch trials are very few and far between. And it's also important to note that despite witch trials, so like even though witch trials happened, folk magic was widely practiced both uh, folk magic traditions from Europe and also the naturalist religions of the African slaves. And there's also archaeological evidence to suggest blending of those two belief systems, uh, which we did cover, I think, a little bit in our witchcraft episode as well. So specifically, one of the most common practices in both groups was burying magical objects for protection or curses. This will be important later, mostly in the next episode. But remember that a part of Joseph Smith's history and his belief system growing up requires burying, covering, or hiding magical objects for protection. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see where this is going. Now, one of the differences between the European and the African folk magic belief systems um, was the name. And part of this is also uh, due to white people being racist. Um where they're, they give different names to the things that the slaves are doing versus the things that they're doing in their own home, despite there being a lot of similarity between the two as far as the intention and practices. So European practitioners of folk magic at the time were referred to as some variation of cunning folk. Cunning folk was their name. And okay. they're yeah, and their African-American counterparts were referred to as conjurers, which if you'll remember from the witch trials, conjuring is something that you can be killed for as a witch. But if you're doing it as a European, you're just cunning folk. Y'all ever notice how cunning folk act like this, but then conjurers do magic like this? Man, cunning folk need to season their potions. <laughs> I once took a magic love potion and it was just salt, pepper, and butter, baby. Butter is not a seasoning. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so 
Joseph Smith's grandparents were essentially cunning folk. Uh, they often brought in extra money by creating magical objects, charms, amulets, etc., seeing stones, uh, and objects that promised to bring the owner good fortune, protection, or money and treasure. That's going to come up later. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but I can give you a, a just a big... A big hint on how to bring in more money and treasure is probably to not spend it on fucking rocks that you bury in your backyard, my guy. Yeah. Uh, modern DNA testing of some of Joseph Smith's direct descendants uh, indicated that their family was very likely of Irish descent. And okay. Joseph would have only been either a first or second generation American, period. So either... It's very likely that I believe his grandparents came from Ireland. If not them, then their parents. But that would be the maximum. I would say it's most likely that his grandparents came, which would make him a second generation American. Um, and that's who he's spending time with. That, those are the books and the writings that he's learning from when he's stuck at home reading. Now, his parents were kind of in between. They they did believe some folk magic. They dabbled in some Christianity, but they were largely just practical people trying to get by in an admittedly shitty time and a shitty place to live with a kid on crutches who couldn't even help them dig up potatoes and shit. <laughs> so I bring it up because it's important to remember that during these very formative years in a place that is very accepting of visions prophecies child preachers preaching in general very performative christianity joseph smith was very exposed to all of that plus some different aspects of folk magic that he could then integrate into his general belief system now his father allegedly tried out a few churches of the revival circuit uh, particularly Med Methodist churches, but he was just like, meh, where's the pizzazz? <laughs> like, <laughs> they're not burying anything. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I went to one burying thing and it turned out to be a burial. Real sad. No one wanted to do magic. They're burying whole bodies. It's like, where's the jars with hair in them? Like, you're doing this all wrong. It's <laughs> too much hair, baby. Come on. You need hair, needles. Like, come on. You're not doing it right. Uh, now, this entire time between 1811 and 1819, Joseph's dad, Joseph Smith Sr., claimed to have visions. Um, and in his mind, these visions confirmed his belief that he shouldn't join any organized church and should just kind of like salad bar churches uh, and kind of cobble together his own belief system. But these seem to be in direct response to visions his mother had at the same time, encouraging him to go to church. So essentially his parents were having like vision fights of like, I had a vision that you were going to get up and go to church with us on Sunday. Oh, that's pretty interesting because I had a vision that I was going to stay home and play Grand Theft Auto yeah. and we could <laughs> all go to IHOP later when you get back. So like... <laughs> It's them. Oh, that's kind of crazy. That's crazy, John, Joseph, because uh, I had a vision that you were finally going to fix the fucking garage door, bud. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a vision that you might finally put out for one. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Just yelling visions at each other across the house. <laughs> they don't even have visions in the same bed anymore. I'm scared for them. I mean, everybody's in the same bed. This house only has like one room. It's a oh, terrible my... time to be alive. 
God, they're fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factorying it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What a um, horrible experience. You're sleeping there with ten of your siblings. The bed goes a rocket, and you just have to be like, "Well, I guess there's gonna be a 12. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I think about that. I think about that all the time when you think about. And here's the thing: there's people modern day who live in that situation where everyone's all in one room, and I'm like, as a kid, do you just learn to ignore it? Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I didn't know that that was a modern day thing. I mean, it makes sense, but it's also like, no, please. I mean, I guess you wait till the kids are asleep. I don't know. No, I, I feel no. I don't know. I it's don't even bad. like doing it with the cat in the room. <laughs> Just do what my parents did, and my mom and my stepdad always give your kid uh, a separate room. I slept on a futon in a kitchen. It was fine, because I couldn't hear them fucking, and that's all that matters for a child. I mean, a lot more matters, but... Well... Anyway. My priorities are pretty low. I want to not hear my parents fuck. I want an Arizona iced tea... And I want a pack of camel bolts. All right. That's it. That's all I want. Tell me how many rocks to bury in the backyard to get it. And I'm good. Do you know what I miss about your old apartment is you hearing your neighbor fucking to Boulevard of Broken Dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I hear that song, I'm like. I don't know where you are, Armando's neighbor, but I hope you're doing good. Oh, he wa- he's walking a lonely road. <laughs> <laughs> On the boulevard of broken dreams. You like that bitch? You like it <laughs> so? It's such a slow song to fuck to. Is that fucking good for you? Yep. <laughs> Hit it like Billy Joe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, fuck. That guy was such a Mexican-American idiot. (laughs) One orgasm controlled by the media. (laughs) Information. I I don't know if I talked about it on Cult Podcast, but what we're referencing is one time I was in the middle of a stream for work, and a guy uh, who lived above me was, was clearly having sex but to Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. And I just want you to go listen to that song and imagine how slow the stroke game had to be. <laughs> oh, 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 my shallow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just tapping it out right now. You're getting a dick every one second, all right? That's not enough. <laughs> She's like, hurry up, I gotta go to work. Damn. <laughs> Oh. oh my god anyway sound off on social media what song do you want to fuck too slow what's, to what's the slowest song you could possibly <laughs> fuck to oh god okay so it's now 1820 they've lived in the burned over district for a number of years and in and around it Uh, And they finally get themselves a new farm. Now, if you're keeping track, this is farm number three. Uh, They build a log home on it to start, which is like one room. And they spend about two years starting to build a larger home on the property. However, before they can finish that larger home, Joseph's oldest brother, Alvin, died. 
extra unfortunate because Joseph's father was now old and Alvin had been in charge of most of the family business and construction on the houses. So now they could no longer make mortgage payments and the bank foreclosed on their farm. They talked a local Quaker family into buying the farm and renting it back to them so that they could continue to work and build on the farm. But they were forced to live in the log house and not the larger house they had built. So they literally live like feet away from the house they built for themselves. And they're like, ah, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. And even worse, the log house was made out of Lincoln logs. So, you know, it was small. Drafty. Yeah, it was awful. And they could have had a bigger space, but they kept building those catapults. You ever do that with the Lincoln logs? (laughs) You put one on top of the other and the little tater tot one on the side and then you flick it at somebody. And then you have to sit and time out because daycare doesn't let you fight people with Lincoln logs. I like that you refer to it as the tater tot Lincoln log because that's the most accurate description of that yeah. Lincoln log size. Yeah. It's exactly the same size as a tater tot. Yeah, it's a, what am I going to call it, a Vienna sausage? No, I'm no, broke. It's, it's a, a tater, tater tot. tot. Uh, now, all this time, Joseph has been stuck inside on crutches, reading whatever he has in the house, but having sporadic schooling is best at best because they traveled so often, he didn't really go to a formal school. He would be home and reading, but just what they had on hand. Oh, my it, God. I just realized how many kids during the pandemic are going to grow up to be Joseph Smith oh. now. A bunch of weirdos trapped inside with only their dumb family and a bunch of nonsense books getting mm, schooling. They're just all going to become this guy. God, I hope not. Uh, he, by his own admission, he didn't really read the Bible until he was about 18. Um, And in part because he had already read all the other books that they had. And that was basically one of the only ones left available. (laughs) He was described by most people as quiet, but very, very friendly, like outgoing, but still kind of soft spoken. Like he didn't, you know, he wasn't the loud party animal, but people generally liked him. However, one of his peers described him as, quote, never known to laugh, which is so strange. (laughs) And it doesn't really fit in with, like, the rest of the descriptions of him. But I'm just like, what did that person know that we didn't? I feel like that guy, I don't know. I hate to defend Joseph Smith, but I feel like maybe that guy was just bombing all the time. Like, he thought he, he, like, that guy thought he could make it in stand-up and was just like, oof, tough crowd. (laughs) Okay. Oh, Joseph's coming? Fuck. That guy never laughs at anything, and then all of his jokes are like, so dating is hard. You, know? <laughs> you ever go to court a maiden, and then she's like, I don't know, maybe let's sit by the fire, and you're like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> have any for that joke to go. You ever notice how cunning magic, and he's just like, okay, all right, I get it. It's a, I got it's, some cunning magic for you right here, ladies. Hey, baby, I call it cunting magic, and everyone's just like, oh, dude, oh, gross, no, man, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, so, get that guy a podcast. <laughs> so he's still, at this point, in his late teens, early 20s, he joins a debate team, uh, <laughs> much like uh, Jesse James Strang did when we talked about Jesse James Strang. Uh-huh. Um, and he was kind of a natural leader, but he didn't have anything going for him as far as resources. He was still a poor farm boy who could read, but had no formal schooling. But his family figured out one way that they had to make some money at the time by using a divining rod. 
Now, a divining rod is basically a forked tree branch that, when held by certain people, supposedly determines the presence of water and minerals underground or treasure. (gasps) And Joseph claimed that he had that special touch. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Whoa, they got a god metal detector? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, basically, except it's just a stick. (laughs) It's just a stick, and he's waving it on the ground going, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, my it's God. Like they wouldn't episode... have even known what a beep was. Yeah, they wouldn't have beeped. But oh it's like God. every episode of Curse of Oak Island these days where they're just like, we've got a ton of gravel here. And they're like, beep, beep. I found a coin. And you're just like. <laughs> Great. Why do I watch this show? God damn. When is Pawn Stars coming back? <laughs> when is Skinwalker Ranch coming back? Ooh, hell yeah. I think they should combine them. I think we should put Chumley out in on Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch for a night. I'll give you two bucks for this cow that's been hollowed out by aliens. I always love when people say that they're bad farmers because I my brain doesn't understand farming enough to understand how you could be bad at it. So, so when you easy said, to be bad. Oh, absolutely. Paige, I've killed several plants in my life. And uh, I, the, the only thriving plant I have right now is built out of Lego, Paige. <laughs> and uh, even that's not doing well. The other day, I walked into my room and I shut the door a little too hard and it slammed against the wall and a, pl- and a leaf fell off. And it was just like, wow, even Lego, I can't keep alive. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know enough about farming to know how you could be that bad of a farmer. And when you said that their family was bad at it, the first thought I had in my head was like, well, he put all of his money into feeding his cow strawberry because he thought it would make strawberry milk. <laughs> <laughs> it was somehow even dumber than that. He was just like, I'm going to give. Okay, here's the They deal. set the cornfields on fire to sell popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just don't fucking get it. I, uh, I, cause he, it's even worse than that. He just in real life gave all of this crop to a guy and was like, oh, for sure he's going to come back and give me this money. Why would he not do that? (laughs) I also wonder sometimes if people are just like, I've been trying to grow this ginseng, but all I've got is this useless cannabis. (laughs) Like if they were just growing things that would be useful later and they just didn't know. Oh man. I wonder... I don't know. I wonder if this is... I, I can't remember the, the any of this shit from the top of my head. I don't remember when hemp became outlawed. So I'm wondering if maybe they were growing cannabis and just using it to build rope and shit. Uh, the Marijuana Tax Act of, eight, of 1937 outlawed hemp cultivation. So they were definitely probably growing hemp. <sighs> Damn. That's crazy. Fucking idiots. They could have been smoking that shit. They would have Maybe they were. Maybe that's why they were terrible farmers. They were like, did you water the farm? Oh, no. Dude. What? (laughs) Oh, no. No. Okay, hear me out. I didn't put water. I used Four Loco to make it grow faster. (laughs) (laughs) And then the the ground, the earth is scorched. Like, literally scorched. Because Four Loco is poison. (laughs) Why does the ground taste like grape? Um, honey, why does, why does all of our, uh, why does our entire field smell like the throw up behind a high school football game? (laughs) Can I tell you, there was a girl 
in my sister's PE class in high school, and oh. she had PE right after lunch. Oh. And the girl at lunch ate like a giant bag of flaming hot Cheetos, and then they had to run the mile. Oh. And she barfed, and it was hot pink. Oh, God. Oh, I thought that story was going to go in a different direction, and it turned out to be much worse. You're welcome. uh, As a kid, I remember that there, I didn't, I should say, I didn't do this. I did a lot of stupid things in high school. I did not do this. There were kids who would bring alcohol to school and then get drunk at school. And it's like, that blows so hard. Yeah, you don't get to enjoy any of it. You're visibly fucked up. And I can smell you from across the classroom, my guy. That is such an, I didn't even, honestly, for the most part in high school, I didn't even get high during school because it felt like a fucking waste to me. It's like a waste of weed to be high at school. Yeah. I'm not even getting to enjoy it. And the entire time I'm here, I'm like nervous that the teachers are going to know that I'm high. It sucks. Why would you do that? But yeah, before a high school football game, baby, ooh-wee, was I a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I was mostly monster energy and then a little bit of gin, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for bringing this. Um, I weirdly don't know that much about Mormonism, and I think this stems from... uh, we did a uh, an episode of the Funhouse podcast recently, and this is something we've probably talked about before, but when you do a true crime podcast, you never know more about a subject than about a week before to a week after you do the episode. And then after that, you purge all of that information out of your brain. Yeah, Kyle so, talked about that on our last couple yes, episodes. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Okay, I, I thought so. Yeah, so we talked about it there too, where it's just like, I am, you're you're saying like, well, we've covered stuff from Mormonism before, and I'm sitting here like, fucking, have we? I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember, and then you're just like. It was the guy who dressed his uh, wife up like his male yeah, cousin. Yes. yes. Well, see, that's the thing. Is I forget everything from cult podcast we've ever done. And then you say things and you're just like, you know, the burned over district. And then my eyes roll back into my head and all of the information floods my fucking brain. <laughs> and I can see every episode we've ever done before. It's like I'm a fucking, what is it? A Manchurian candidate where I just have a, a, an on switch and suddenly I am true crime god. The password is theosophy. <laughs> And then I just fucking, yeah, I ascend to a higher being. And by that, I mean, I get really high to forget that I know anything about theosophy. <laughs> also, uh, we we did. So if you're interested, um, Funhouse now has like three true crime shows. We've got uh, Ship Hits the Fan. We've got 30 Morbid Minutes. We've got um, Cult Podcast, kind of technically, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that counts. Uh, but we have these shows and we did a Funhouse podcast episode where we talked about doing true crime and we had Charlotte on obviously to talk about ship hits, but she talked about coming on cult podcast and how it's like a weird flip in knowing me and you because like all the time we're just trying to be funny, right? Like we're just trying to do bits with each other in real life. Like we talk right, right, right. and it's funny. And then she came on the show and you said something about like, 
yeah so really like this group is a little bit of like theosophy and then i come in and i'm like yeah and it's like a little bit of like esotericism like mixed in with that and you've got these beliefs that are coming from it was here. she was on our steiner episodes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like she was like i i it fucking sucks because they're saying things and you can tell how long they've been doing this show because they can like piece apart the makeups of different cults and it's like yeah how do you think it feels knowing that <laughs> like yeah. having that knowledge in my fucking head oh what a life like i said i'm telling you stories about every time i've ever drank fucking four locos <laughs> and smoked cigarettes that were so unhealthy for you they got banned and then also i'm somehow an expert in colts so i want some of that sleepy time tea though that sleepy time bob marley uh peach raspberry iced tea purely just because i love everything flavored peach and raspberry if they have brought it back and it won't kill you i highly recommend it because as i said it was genuinely good i don't want to besmirch the marley's mellow mood because it was good and i did enjoy it but we did all drink it because it made us slightly tired and we equated that with being high and we thought it was funny Mm. anyway look Hey, if you want to support the show, send us 12 cases of Marley's Mellow Mood <laughs> and, uh, and a pack of Camel Bold, and we'll call it a, de- we'll call it a day. Um, or you can go to patreon.com slash podcast to find out how you can support us there. Uh, also, hey, guess what? We're coming to RTX, baby! Woo! And such. We have a ticket link now that I am going to put in the show notes, um, but you should also go over to our Instagram, our Twitter, etc., and find out uh, information. You know what? Let's just plug that right now. Uh, you can go to our Instagram, which is at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. And we will have links so that you can buy uh, tickets to come see us at RTX because we would love to see you and we have got a lot of fun bits planned and uh, I cannot wait for y'all to come. So, uh, yep, that's RTX. Come on out. And hey, this is me, Armando, the guy that you listen to. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Armando, the guy you listen to. You know that guy. You know that guy. Uh, hey, if you want to see me, um, if you want to see me do stand up, I'll be in San Diego on the 18th, which is this Saturday. Well, technically Oceanside, California, where I will be getting uh, a California burrito with uh, flaming hot Cheetos inside of it from Alfredo's on uh, Coast Highway um after the show and it's going to be delicious and i'm going to love it and uh come out to that also uh go listen to must be dice season one is almost done uh the final episode comes out uh next week and then uh all other episodes are being released on video on youtube now so you can actually watch even if you aren't a rooster teeth first member it's a really fun show i like it so much and we got a secret special project that we're working on for after that Paige Wesley may or may not be involved in. Hello, it's me, the girl you listen to. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, so go check out my social media for information on all of that. It's at Mondo Does Stuff, M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff, all one word. That's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, fucking Twitch when I remember to do it. All that good stuff. Thank you. I'm just a girl. You hear my voice. Can I make it any more obvious? Uh, it's me, your girl, Paige. I'm here every week. I'm the girl you listen to. <laughs> uh, I will be at RTX, obviously, and I'll be posting some other show dates uh, through July as soon as I have confirmation on some of them. Um, but please come out and see us at RTX if you are in Austin or if you're just planning to go to RTX because it's going to be a fun ass time and Armando and I will be doing a, a cult podcast show but then also a comedy show that night so you should definitely try to see us there yeah um if you want updates on other stuff or just to know what I'm wearing on any particular day you could find that at my Instagram at Rampage Wesley. Uh, I'm also at Rampage Wesley on TikTok, but I don't post anything. I just follow weird shit about like crocheting and chopping wood. <laughs> uh, or Twitter at Paige Wesley. Uh, I love you so much. Bye. And the RTX show, by the way, both of them are going to be on Friday, July 1st. Correct. Um, so, yeah, at least you have that. Uh, more information to come. I have it. I just don't want to look at it. And if I'm being honest with you, I got to I gotta poop so bad. Um, we already did the plugs earlier. You can uh, send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Pitch, I got to poop. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. If you work for Arizona Iced Tea and you want to send us a case of Arizona Iced Tea in various flavors, you can do that at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining, Los Angeles, California. Uh, and I'm going to say, do drink the Arizona green tea with ginseng mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.